KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Tuesday, December 13th. What you can expect next from Measure B. More on that next. But first, let's do the headlines. The Supreme Court yesterday refused a request from tobacco companies to stop California from enforcing the ban on flavored tobacco products. The ban was approved by two-thirds of voters in last month's election. It was first passed by the state legislature two years ago, but never took effect after tobacco companies gathered enough signatures to put it on the ballot. California will be the second state in the U.S. to enforce a ban prohibiting the sale of all flavored tobacco products. The county is giving more than $5 million to four cities to expand capacity at homeless shelters. The grants were awarded to Escondido, Carlsbad, Chula Vista, and San Diego. This is the second round of funding the county gave out in September, $4.3 million was awarded to Vista, Oceanside, and San Diego. Each city will use the funding to upgrade or build new shelters. If you're in the market for a new home, the new year may be the time to start looking. A new Redfin report says West Coast and metro markets that experienced the biggest gains during the pandemic will slow the most next year. The report looked at data from February through November in markets that showed a decline in prices and the number of homes for sale. San Diego County was number nine on the list of markets expected to cool the most. As of October, home prices in the county have dropped for five months in a row. That's according to reporting from the San Diego Union-Tribune. The Redfin report says nationwide prices should fall about 3% by the end of next year. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com. San Diegans voted yes on Measure B last month to allow the city to charge for trash collection that many have been enjoying for free. But it'll be a while until they see any bills. iNewsource reporter Crystal Niebla shares what San Diegans should expect next. Before San Diego can enact a fee, the city must determine what it actually costs to collect trash, which could take a couple of years, if not more. In the meantime, Councilmember Joe LaCava, who co-sponsored Measure B, said he wants input from San Diegans. We want to make sure that it really is a very authentic process, not a checkbox, uh, as we often hear people complain about, uh, and do as much outreach as we can. City officials expect to launch a community outreach campaign for San Diego trash collection services early next year. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Crystal Niebla. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. The city of San Diego swore in its 74th city council yesterday. KPBS reporter Jacob Baer has the story. San Diego's newest city council member, 
was sworn in by the first non-white person ever elected to the council. That I will support and defend. 95-year-old Tom Hom, who was elected in 1963 and later went on to the state assembly. The Constitution of the United States. Kent Lee will represent Council District 6 and says he's grateful and humbled by his new role. Now, many people have talked about this district being an Asian empowerment district uh, because it is 41% Asian American Pacific Islander, and that's certainly not lost on me as well. I understand that that is a significant component of what this district um, has represented, and I look forward to making sure that we carry those voices forward um, within the city. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, ensuring that we serve all of our residents within the city of San Diego and within the district. While the city council is nonpartisan, for the first time in city history, the council members are all Democrats and they voted unanimously to re-elect District 9 Councilman Shawnee Lo Rivera as Council President. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Coming up, a new report breaks down the improvements needed at Balboa Park. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. An early winter storm brought some needed rain and it brought snow to our local mountains. KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn spoke to families who were enjoying the first snow of the season at Mount Laguna. Snowboarding right here. <laughs> Monday storm means no work for Richie Bugarin because he works in construction. He, his wife, and their friends came to Mount Laguna on Monday for the first snow of the season. Today was super awesome. We, when we were driving, there was actually snow falling, so it was a cool experience. <laughs> Out of Mount Laguna, families were enjoying the snow, sledding, building a snowman, and having snowball fights. But if you want to enjoy the snow, you better do it soon. Meteorologists don't expect it to stay on the ground past Wednesday. Alexander Wen, KPPS News. No more snow or rain is expected for the rest of the work week, but today and tomorrow it will still be cold before it warms up a bit on Thursday. For more than 150 years, Balboa Park has been one of the city of San Diego's landmark attractions, bringing in over 4 million visitors annually. A new report by the Burnham Center for Community Advancement identifies some of the major issues currently facing the iconic park space and lays out a path for improvements in the years to come. Tad Parson is the CEO of the Burnham Center, a local think tank. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Heineman. So what is your vision for Balboa Park, and how far is that from where it currently stands today? 
Well, Balboa Park is a wonderful place we all know and love. So it's not like it's decrepit in any way. It still has so much to offer. But in order to preserve it for the next generation and the generation after that, we've got to invest in it and invest in the some of the non-sexy things like infrastructure improvements and also update the governance and the relationship between the city and the park tenants and all the people that use the park so that it can run more efficiently and effectively. And this report outlines hundreds of millions of dollars worth of repairs, renovations, and um, general improvements. So can you start by telling us what some of the major items are? We all know that we need to improve the restrooms and some of the plumbing issues, electrical, some uh, safety and security issues, and generally upgrade the basic infrastructure around the park. We've been very careful not to get into the weeds on that because then you invite all kinds of arguments about, well, you should do this first, you should do that first. Really, we all know there's a lot to do, and the city has done a nice job of cataloging all the, all the backlog. Our point is we've got to find, find a way to fund that, and then we've got to find a way to manage that investment going forward so the park gets reinvigorated and stands as a great international symbol of, of our great region for generations to come. And what do you personally see as some of the biggest issues with the park now? We're more concerned about the infrastructure and making sure that the buildings are standing, that the restrooms are clean and safe, that there are enough restrooms, there's enough lighting, that the plumbing holds up, that the drainage systems are updated, and that we move past some outdated governance models that were set up decades ago that just don't meet the needs of today. So that's, that's where we're focused. The issue of who is actually in charge of Balboa Park isn't as clear as one might think. Why is that? The way the park has evolved between the city and the stakeholders and the city departments that interface with the park, it's never come to pass that there was a park mayor, if you will. If you look at the park kind of like a a small municipality, think about what happens in the park. It's a lot like its own city. And it and it needs something like, this is my personal view, some somebody to be a little more in charge, whether that's at the city or inside the park or both. So, so as I mentioned earlier, we set up systems decades ago to serve a park that has grown, our needs have grown, our community has changed. So just the, the context within the which the park sits and the aging of the infrastructure just requires a new governance model with with somebody really taking hold and and setting direction for the park so that we can be a little more decisive and efficient in how we get things done in the park. What do you think are the biggest hurdles in the way of addressing these issues? Well, we've seen so many of these of these attempts stumble because there are so many differences of opinion and you have this revered public space that everybody everybody has has an opinion about and has a voice. And so when you're doing a public process like that, it gets messy and it gets challenging. It's very challenging for public entities to fund long-term de- deferred maintenance. So this is, we're not unique this way. This is not, it's nobody's, I'm not, we're not pointing the finger at anybody. Everybody's doing the best they can with the systems and the funding that they have to work with. So we've got to generate a new approach to, to how we do this. And one that's streamlined and takes, takes community voice into account, but still gets done what needs to be done. I've been speaking with Tad Parzin, CEO of the Burnham Center for Community Advancement. Tad, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's always a pleasure.
Children in Liberia are set to have a merrier Christmas this year, thanks to the generosity of a woman from Del Mar. KPBS reporter Claire Strong has the story. Last year was the first time these kids had ever gotten anything for Christmas in their whole life. Lisa St. John's a real-life Santa Claus. She's determined to make Christmas happen for around 200 Liberian schoolchildren by raising $4,000 to buy presents for them. There's hundreds of kids that are at this school, and I say boarding school, it's not what we have here. It is bare bones. Um, the education is not great, but it's an education. Lisa was inspired to help kids in Liberia after fostering an eight-year-old boy with a facial tumor. She now runs a non-profit to help provide him and other poor children with schooling, food and clothes. And if you'd like to help, head to the Liberian Perseverance Foundation's Facebook and Instagram pages. Claire Strong, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by Maracal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, Maracal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com.